So let us find our seat. Not necessarily by attempt bringing all of our attention to the body and trying to make it adopt a particular posture, but rather first think about what are you doing? Why are you doing it? And keep repeating the reasons why until it becomes a strong emotional determination. Then let the energy of this determination sort of filter into your body and let it help the body find your seat. As far as the doer is concerned, the one who would make the body adopt a particular posture, let that doer rest. Let the body itself find its natural tranquility. And let the doer this time listen. Listen to the body's own intelligence, advising it, giving suggestions for making small changes here and there. So help the, allow the body to guide you to find your seat. And just hold on to that for a while. Let it sink into the body. Let the body align with you, with your intentions. And begin to palpably experience a sense of tranquility, a sense of ease in the body itself. And while the body is sending you advice for making adjustments. And as you adopt and implement these adjustments, experience palpably how, having made these adjustments, there is a deeper sense of the tranquility within the body itself. Your first connection to joy. So having the attitude of letting the doer rest, allowing, paying attention. And the target being tranquility, natural tranquility. And once you are experiencing a palpable sense of physical tranquility, then gently, without forcing, begin to direct your attention. So direct your attention now to the legs. Be aware of the tranquility being experienced in the legs. Listen to the body advising you. 
about adjustments that you can make with the legs, either physically or energetically, and be aware of how these adjustments, how, whether physical or energetic or even emotional, actually either enhances or stabilizes the sense of tranquility in the legs. And you continue doing this until you feel some sense of satisfaction, a sense of, as far as I'm consciously able, I have brought the allowed, allowed natural tranquility in the legs. Experience a palpable, pleasant experience, pleasant physical sensation as far as the legs are concerned. Experiencing a sense of ease as if the, the body itself is entering into its own sort of meditation state. And after you've reached that sense of satisfaction, the sense of as far as I'm consciously able, that's all I can do right now, then you direct that attention now to the to the to the arms and hands from the tip of the fingers to the shoulders. And just being aware mainly of that not chasing away awareness of other things, not grasping at any awareness, even the awareness of the arms. And experience the palpable sensation of tranquility in the arms. Listen to the natural intelligence of the body guiding you. Arrange the arms this way physically or energetically or even emotionally and palpably experience, perceive the tranquility being stabilized or further enhanced. Keep at it until you feel this is as much as I can do consciously. Then you bring your attention now to the torso, as before, mainly on the torso. You could also be aware of other parts of the body or things outside of the body. But as long as there's a main awareness of the torso, that's having directed your attention to the torso. Again, be open to the body's own intelligence make adjustments here and there and experience the pockets of discomfort transforming into pockets of tranquility, the pockets of tension becoming pockets of ease. And as far as you are able to be aware, Until you reach some level of satisfaction,
one indicator that you may move your attention away now from the torso is when you have also in addition to the sense of ease, the sense of stability, also what you may call a physical sense of confidence, like a sense of being immovable, a sense of being a mountain. Then you move your attention to the head and neck. And just as before, don't force the body to adopt any particular posture, but allow the body itself to guide you to the posture that is most conducive to meditation. And once you reach the head and neck, you allow the head and neck to find their own center. You experience a palpable sense of tranquility, a sense of ease, nice pleasant physical sensation as far as the head and neck is concerned. You make the minor adjustments, whether they are physical or energetic. Begin to feel the sense of ease holistically. Then move your attention now to the mouth, teeth, tongue, keeping the attitude of allowing. Allow the mouth, teeth, tongue to rest in their natural places. And you feel a palpable sense of tranquility in connection with the mouth, teeth, tongue. And whenever you become aware of some other parts of the body that is experiencing a palpable sense of tranquility, that itself enhances the previous sense of tranquility. And gently move your attention to the eyes. Let the measure of tranquility help you decide whether you should have the eyes open, closed, or half opened. The one that either stabilizes or further enhances the sense of ease, that's the one that is best suited for you. Stay with it until this pleasant sensation, this sense of ease begins to be experienced 
as a definite sense of joy. And while staying within that joy, within that sense of ease, gently bring your attention to the breath. Just as before, you're not forcing the mind to focus. You're not chasing away other perceptions. And you're not grasping at any one perception. There's a main awareness of the breath. As you breathe in, while it's happening, you know it's happening. As you are breathing out, you know you are breathing out while you are breathing out. And you continue to experience the sense of ease, the sense of physical tranquility. Either immediately or after some time, that sense of tranquility infuses the breath and you feel the tranquility within the breath itself, that pleasant experience, that sense of ease. It's now connected to breathing in and breathing out. Once you reach that, then add the intention to keep the flow of your awareness on the breath unbroken. And again, don't force it to happen. Allow it to happen. From the beginning, remember the mind's natural state is the very state that you seek. It is tranquility itself. So there's no need to make the mind tranquil, but simply to allow it to be. So holding on to the intention to keep the flow of your awareness unbroken on the breath. So from the beginning of in-breath to the end of in-breath, when it transforms to beginning of out-breath, for as long as it stays out-breath until it ends and begins again at in-breath, you are aware of the breath. You may be aware of other things. You may be aware of the in-breath while you're hearing something. You may be aware of out-breath while you're sensing something, remembering something, but it's still happening while you are aware of the breath. So let's do this for 11 cycles, holding on to the intention to keep the flow of awareness on the breath unbroken while the back ground of your mind is mindful of the sense of ease. <coughs>
once you allow the natural tranquility in the breath to appear, to manifest. It affects the profundity of how you experience <coughs> an earlier sense of tranquility, deepening it, enhancing it. And that has the effect where you're now able to be aware of the mental level of tranquility. And it should be as palpable as the tranquility you experience that was connected with the body. Just like the tranquility within the breath was with the breath, not with the body. So there should be some sense of a tranquility that you experience within awareness itself, within mind itself. Some taste of it. And just stay with that for a few moments. Gaining some sense of familiarity with it. Then, within that tranquility, bring your attention to the level of your eyebrows. your attention is drawn to that space, recall your motivation. What are you doing? Why are you doing it? Again, feel the emotional determination. Infallibly, infallibly guide you to actually achieving the objective of your determination. Now become aware of that press, of the of the presence of this infallible guide. Become aware of its luminous presence. Express your gratitude and entrust yourself in your infallible guide, allowing yourself, opening yourself to be guided, to be protected, 
summon a great determination. To abandon as much as you can everything that obstructs you from achieving your aim. Whether they are parts of your behavior, whether they exist in your environment, whether they are part of your habitual attitudes, things that you've done, things that you habitually do, that results in obstructing you, relying on your faith in the goal that you seek, in the fact that you are being guided, and the power of compassion for those around you. Strengthen that determination. Let them strengthen you so you can abandon the obstacles. equally strong determination towards those elements that you need to take up the changes you need to make in your behavior and how you relate with others, how you relate with yourself, how you relate with the environment. All those that you need to take on and again rely on the strength of your faith, rely on the strength of your connection to your infallible guide, again rely on the power of compassion. And as you feel the determination, experience it, actually enhancing the sense of ease, the sense of tranquility that you've already experienced. Feel the determination awakening those aspects of the mind that needs to be awakened for a deep level of meditation to be achieved and to put to sleep those aspects of your being that needs to go to sleep so a deep level of meditation can be achieved.
take that determination it awaken a great sense of sympathy within you sympathize with those who experience similar similar difficulties similar aspirations let that sympathy evolve until it becomes a true sense of compassion a true sense of concern for the welfare of others a true wishing true wanting that others no longer experience difficulties a true sense of joy wanting them to experience their own contentment that momentum to the, along with the sense of the luminous presence to the crown of your head feeling motivated feeling ready while you're experiencing the presence of the luminous presence a crown at the crown of your head you may please the luminous presence to your mind to abandon to be free of obstacles and to be filled with all the necessary elements you need to achieve your aim And the compassion that you <coughs> opened up 
feel it fill, filling the space of your mind, fueling your determination. momentum, the sense of the presence into the very center of your heart. And allow yourself to experience what it does. Observe just the state of the mind, the level of meditative state that you've achieved, the sense of tranquility in the mind, if you're still aware of the breath, in the breath, if you're still aware of the body, in the body. creating the intention that you're going to take a break and then direct your attention to the physical properties of the breath. And that same consciousness that is aware of the physical properties of the breath Allow it to take in now the physical properties of the body.
you need to relax from relaxing. Stretch your legs, open your eyes. Now, uh, a co-worker of mine, uh, what was that, yesterday, I think? No, was that yesterday? I think it was yesterday. Uh, showed me an article, a Bloomberg article. I know some of you probably read it. On meditation. And the title was something very strange. Something about how to make a killing in Wall Street using meditation. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to make a killing, you should meditate. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I read that article. Uh, interesting, huh? <laughs> okay, so what you've uh, remember when I, when I, what I mentioned uh, some time ago about that initial um, impulse within you that made you look in the direction of meditation, and even though the object of that impulse is not something that you've directly experienced but somehow you sense that it must exist. And it's something that is something that you have not experienced with your senses before. And you've kept your faith, and you pursued the path that eventually led you to, oh, I have to do something with, 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 with meditation. And for, quite, for many years, you were considered to be the oddball, <laughs> the strange one. And now, those people who are considered themselves mainstream are looking into what, you, what, you're looking, what you've been doing. Okay. And <laughs> they're profiting from it. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Uh, so, a couple of things. Uh, there are side effects to meditation that are pleasant, wonderful side effects. But they're not the goal of meditation. And also, there are certain effects that you experience in meditation that, that are mainly, merely signs that you are on the path, that you are on your way, that you are on the journey. They're necessarily signs that you have achieved a, uh, a realization. And they could be very pleasant experiences, and some of them could even be downright uh, very unpleasant. Okay. Uh, and you need to keep sort of uh, keep your eye, keep was that are your eyes on the prize? That's what it goes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you need to sort of keep your eyes on the prize, so that once these incidental wonderful experiences start to take place, you don't get distracted. You don't make them become the goal. You don't make them become the prize. And when if you do that, then you're no longer on the path. You're no longer on the journey. And of course, if you're not on a journey, you're not going to get to the end of it. Okay. Now, why am I saying this? Uh, you may have an, uh, 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 an experience that may be profound, but it's simply a 
just something above, uh, not above, but just some, uh, what's called on your on your way somewhere, you see some signposts, some signposts, all right, on your way there, up to your destination. But if you become so mesmerized by this signpost, then you stay there and you stay there and you're just enjoying it, then you will just you miss the miss the point of the whole thing altogether. Okay. And these could be wonderful experiences, and it might make you even think that you've reached the end of your, of your journey. So how do you know if you have not really reached the end of your journey? Or some of the, there are certain things that, that you must be able to prove to yourself that you have reached the journey. One, thing, one of the most important things that my teacher said, that when these wonderful experiences happen, Uh, do they happen more than once? That's one of the signs. And you could have had just one incredible, wonderful experience, and that and that was uh, that wasn't the, uh, the the end yet, and it never happens again. And that's one of the things about uh, the 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 journey that makes it somewhat scientific. You know, like uh, in in the in the laboratory, if something happens and if it can never happen again, it's not considered to be some sort of it's not. What would, what would you the term for that? It's not valid. It's not valid. Okay. So if this incredible, wonderful experience that you've had cannot be repeated, you cannot you, you, don't, you no longer experience it again. Then it's not something that is necessarily valid, or it's not something that that is a proof that you haven't reached a, a good goal. And imagine someone say, "Oh, I'm enlightened now. I had this wonderful experience, and then I'm, I don't need to meditate anymore." And the person hasn't really changed in terms of their character and how they relate with others, how they treat other people. Nothing, must have, nothing really has changed. But they've had this wonderful experience that makes them think, I've reached the, the end of the goal. I don't need to continue to uh, journey anymore. Okay? And, the, 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 and the experience could be something that was, when the, when the person explained it to you, wow, I said, wow, I wish I had that experience. <laughs> that was incredible. right? But my teacher says, it must be something that occurs again next time you sit down. Okay, not necessarily exactly immediately after you sit down the next time you, you have a session, but sometime in the future it must happen again. And when it happens again, then you start to be, hmm, maybe there's something to, to it. And it happens again, then you start, then it continues to happen, and it, it begins to almost uh, without you directing change to take place without you trying to force change to take place, you see yourself changing. You sort of reacting differently to things. You see yourself uh, being thrown into different situations. Or, uh, uh, and you see yourself being able to uh, respond to those different situations differently than you used to before. Okay. And uh, this will, and also, this will give you a sense of... Uh, what we call a steady sense of joy. And now, it doesn't mean that you're somebody who's you know, laughing all the time, who's you know, giggling all the time, like you're drunk or something. <laughs> Some people do that when they're drunk. <laughs> but no matter what's going on, you feel an inner sense of joy that cannot be shaken. Even though something uh, horrible things are happening around you, but it doesn't, it doesn't shake you. It doesn't disturb you. So that's a sign that you're getting closer and closer to Dharma Datu. Remember, Dharma Datu is that thing 
that is comp is from the very beginning never is something that is uh, mixed with, with with afflictions. It's always free of afflictions. It's always uh, its nature has always been blissful. Nature has always been uh, clear and 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 infinite. So no matter what's going on around the Dhammadatu, it doesn't change the nature of the Dhammadatu. It doesn't change the characteristic of the Dhammadatu. So in the same in the same way, no matter what's going on around you, it doesn't change your sense of being centered. It doesn't change the sense of that joy that continues to uh, illumine within you. Okay. And interestingly enough, don't go buy this book. <laughs> Uh, 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 I was joking, by the way. <laughs> uh, there's a new translation of the uh, of the poem of Managajuna with a commentary by the third Kamapa. Actually, actually, the translation just came out. Uh, maybe I just became aware of it, but uh, <laughs> it's probably been out for a long time. But maybe you might be interested in reading it. Okay, uh, and I have to give uh, give you. Uh, some caution. Uh, the, uh, the third Kamapa is writing it from a particular perspective, or, or I would say from a particular uh, understanding of, 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 of the ultimate nature of reality, mainly a sense of mind-only sort of approach. But it's very helpful, okay, at least to get to some of the understandings of, the, of what's going on. And the translation of the praises I found in this book to be some of the verses I find to be more appealing than one by Jim Scott, the one that we've been reading. And this is by uh, Carl Brunlulz. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Carl Brunlulz. Okay. And it's, as you can see, it's a very thick book. <laughs> and. Uh, the verses fit like a few pages, right? And the commentary to the few, these few pages is, is about this thick, okay? Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, all right, so we have some time, <laughs> not really, <laughs> to read uh, up to a certain, a certain place and then skip and go to another place and then skip again. So it's uh, reading to nurture uh, our instinctual faith in the Dhammadatu, and then reading uh, the instructions of about Dhammadatu meditation itself. How do you conduct the meditation? And then maybe we read one verse or two to give us an appreciation of Dharma Dhatu. Okay. For some reason, I feel like I've read everything already. Okay. Right, everybody has a copy? Either to follow or... Okay. Since this translation is different from yours, you might as well... I'll read this silently. <laughs> while you read, and then I'll tell you where to jump to, okay? 
So from the very beginning, and remember, don't just think that you're reading somebody else's writing, okay? This is referring to you, to you. this is referring to something very personal, something very intimate to, for you, okay? This is your dharma datu, your mind's ultimate nature. Okay, begin. There's something which is long as left unknown results in life's three planes of vicious circle. Beyond all doubt, it dwells in every being. The not which forms the causes of sorrow is purified along the stages of path. The security itself is nirvana. Just so, so the sorrow has a trip, 
Stop at 17. I think uh, yeah, we may have read all this already, <laughs> or you may have uh, heard me read them. Okay. Uh, now, while you are meditating on the Dharma Datu, The verse 7, which talks about the Vajra like Samadhi, remember so once you've achieved the Vajra like Samadhi, that will smash away the vase. A fiction, a fiction vase that stores the Dhamma, that hides the Dhamma Datu, uh, luminous. Uh, so basically, once you reach a certain level of tranquility, <coughs> and by the very nature of that tranquility, it will allow the mind's natural luminous nature to be experienced. And remember. It's not some when you feel the the doer within the mind trying to make something happen. The the, the what you're supposed to be doing at that moment is to simply relax the doer, let the doer relax. As far as the meditation is concerned, your what you are uh, trying to do is basically learn to truly relax the doer. Because all the distraction that you're experiencing, all the uh, non-damadatu experiences that you have in meditation is because the doer is very active. So your job is to make the doer go to sleep. And as you're trying to make the doer go to sleep, certain experiences will take place. Certain experiences will begin to ha happen in your mind. Well, one of them is that you may fall asleep. <laughs> okay. Now, Consider falling asleep to be a stage that you have to go through. Try to allow it to take place without dragging you along with it. Sort of observe yourself falling asleep. Remember, you consider that in meditation, uh, the deeper levels, uh, deep levels of meditation is achieved when two things, are, two opposing things, are sort of happening at the same time. There are parts of you that needs to go to sleep. So when you, when you see or experience sleep taking place, don't think of it necessarily as a fault. Think of it, oh, those parts that are supposed to be asleep are falling asleep. Okay? And try to maintain awareness at that level while this is taking place. Mm -hmm. 
And if you're able to maintain awareness at that level, then you will have you will see a lot of incredible things that actually take place when those things are falling asleep. And some people get carried away with those things. They take they, may, they might think they have realizations because they, they might be those experiences might be incredible for them. Okay, but not, this is just getting on the road. <laughs> okay, you you know you left your house, you gone through the the driveway, and now you're about to step on the road. Okay, all that is just getting there yet. Okay. And while those parts of you that are supposed to be asleep are falling asleep, there are parts of you that are awakening, awakening, that needs to awake, awaken. The more subtle aspects of mind needs to be awakened. And those two things cannot be uh, uh, around each other at the same time. They cannot be active at the same time. The subtle aspects of mind cannot be active while the gross aspects of mind are active. One has to go to sleep in order for the other one to be active. If the a uh, gross aspect of mind is active, you cannot experience the subtle aspects of the, of the mind. Okay? So consider s the sense of falling asleep as a blessing <laughs> to keep yourself awake. <laughs> that is, to keep yourself from being dragged into the, the actual sleep. When you feel sleep approaching, say, oh, that's great. Now I'm experiencing that the, the part of me is, that's supposed to sleep is going to sleep. And, and have an intense sense of curiosity about the process that will keep you from being dragged into it. So keep a sense of obje uh, objectivity, okay? And one way of keeping objectivity is to simply say to yourself, look at it, rather than saying, oh, I'm falling asleep, I am falling asleep. Don't drag yourself into it. Don't ever say, I am, when there's something happening in the mind. Always point to it as if it's, you're watching something happening. That gives you a sense of objectivity and prevents you from being dragged into what's going on, okay? Uh, and when you are in, in the meditation basically trying to put the doer to sleep, and it's, it's, a, it's like trying to put an active baby to sleep. Have you ever tried to put an active baby to sleep? <laughs> it's almost impossible. <laughs> you have to have a lot of patience. Eventually it will happen, but it seems like it will never happen while you're in the middle of it. Okay? So in the same way, while you're trying to make the doer go to sleep, it seems like the very action, the very intention to make it go to sleep, make it active. Okay? You just have to have patience with it. Okay? And keep remembering this verse. It, the Dhamma Datu is not something that you're going to make. It's not going to suddenly be, it's not gonna be something that's going to suddenly have birth because of, the, because of something that you're doing. It is unborn, so you don't need to do anything for it to be. And you don't have to worry about missing it because it is unceasing. Don't think that uh, if, it, if I, I, I better you know, keep the, the doers, I better stay active so that I don't miss it if it happens. Because I, you know, if it happens and then it's gone away, you know, that's it. That's my chance. I miss the Dhamma Datu. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> whenever that, that, so become sensitive to, that's what the article says, <laughs> by the way. You become your, uh, uh, your, your, you become very perceptive of things. Okay, so not just you know <laughs> there are some you got to read that article. There are some <laughs> there are some uh, people who meditate and who who, who say they are they are success, successful in the financial world because of the meditate. They say so. I think one guy said when a stock is going down or something, they have this little. <laughs> 
twinge in their uh, in their guts or something, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> and and then uh, of course the person explaining it says because the, the meditation expands your perception. <laughs> so at, at a, another level <laughs> of perception, you begin to be aware of subtle things taking place within your mind, the subtle awakening of the subtle consciousness. And the reason I say subtle awakening is that if you're not perceptive of them, you may, you may not be aware that they're actually taking place. And because you're not aware that they act, they're actually taking place, you're not directing your attention to it, and you're not help that. And not directing your attention to it is not uh, uh, will not help it to continue to be awakened. It will, so you could take it will take more effort for it to be awakened. So simply being aware of subtle things happening within you and directing your attention towards them helps it to, 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 to be enhanced, okay? So when, uh, you, f you begin to sense the doer actually being active in your mind. And when you become aware of the doer being active, then that very perception allows you to be able to make it go to sleep. It's like catching the baby so you can actually put the baby in the crib, okay? If the baby's still running around, no, you can't make it go to sleep yet, okay? So until you're able to catch the doer, and you'll catch the doer by, uh, by simply being aware, you, it's like you are aware of a part of you that actually, almost like a, uh, 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 almost a sense of anxiety, almost, a, a sense of anxiety of, I need to do something about this. I need to make this happen. This is not taking place. I need to make it happen. The Dhammatatu is not awakened yet. I have to wake it. The Dhammatatu is not happening. I have to make it happen. Uh, the meditation is not, uh, is, is not, is not, I'm not tranquil enough. Okay, what do I do to make it tranquil? Okay, what, what button should I press? So you start to feel, start to be aware of that. When you start to be aware of that, you can just simply tell it, hey, relax, okay? Just relax. Just relax. The Dhammatatu, and remember this verse. The Dhammatatu is, is, is unborn. So it's not something you're going to put together and then poof, it comes up. It's not like a cake. You, you buy ingredients and then poof, and then it shows up. And just like the cake, after a few, <laughs> after a few days, some, some people after a few weeks, <laughs> then you have to throw it away. It's not a good cake. It's a scientific experiment. So in the same way, <laughs> the Dhammatatu is not like that. You don't have to worry about it ceasing. Okay? It's always going to be there. Okay? So that's some of these verses you have to remember within the meditation itself to help you continue what you're supposed to be doing. Because this is a very subtle meditation. It appears that you're not doing anything. Okay? And that's exactly what you should be doing. <laughs> you shouldn't be doing anything. And you have to cut yourself subtly doing things and stop it. That's your job. Okay, uh, the last thing where we stopped, uh, 17, I think. Okay, the basic element, which is the seed, and uh, this is the translation here, is held to be the basis of all dharmas. So this is uh, an explanation of the dharma that to itself. It is the basis of everything that exists, what you're looking for. All right? Okay, uh, now we jump to actually meditating.
I think it's 38, somewhere around there. Okay, yeah. So that's where the, some of the instructions for what to do in meditation itself begins. And basically what you do with distraction so that it doesn't have the effect of being a distraction. Since everything, the basis of it is, you're looking for the basis of everything that exists. And distraction is something that exists. And you're looking for the basis even of that. So whatever is taking place, rather than give it the name, the label that, it's supposed, that it, you, you habitually give it, especially, oh, this is distraction, rather let that lead you to Dhamma, to Dhamma Datu. Okay, where is it coming from? Okay, all right, so you achieve, you arrive at some level of tranquility that is palpable, that is measurable, so that you can, so you can, you, you can tell yourself, oh yeah, this is, this feels tranquil. You're in tranquil state. You fill that space with a uh, great sense, whatever, level of great compassion you're able to fill it with. Okay? And that gives you the fuel to continue in the meditation. Okay? Then you begin to... Uh, so from the reading that you've had, what sense of the, that it was able to evoke within you about what is this thing? What is the Dhamma that we anyway? Okay? What sense were the, very, the, the, the phrases, the, the verses able to invoke within you about the Dhammadatu, okay? And try to direct your mind by remembering that sense you were feeling that those verses were sort of like bringing your mind into. And it's like uh, the verses sort of gave you a, somewhat of a taste of Dhammadatu. And you want to remember the taste. Remember the taste. And that's your... That's what you be. That's what you are actively doing, trying to remember the taste. Uh, and you can remember the taste by specifically remember uh, recalling the words maybe that gave you the sense of the taste. And that's one of the instructions in the, by the way, in the uh, seven points mind training where it says where it gives you instruction of go to the words. Okay, so it's the word that evoke some sort of sense of a taste within you, recall that word, or recall the phrase, recall the words. And, and not to make the words themselves into some holy object, but rather keep paying attention to what they are evoking within you. If you're able to sort of stabilize the sense that they're able to evoke without the words anymore, then dispense with the words. Just stay with the sense. So it's like you're now in a conceptual, non-conceptual. Not yet non-conceptual, but the conceptual, non-conceptual. Okay? Without using words, you're able to evoke some, what, the, what the words uh, are pointing to. So you try to stay with that. And as you stay with that, it's slowly leading you to, the, to have a feast rather than just a taste of the Dhamma Datu. And as you're going towards Dhamma Datu, these things will happen to you. Whatever happens, whether... Uh, whether it is the sound that you're hearing from outside 
or or all of a sudden, all of a sudden, a sound that you're hearing from inside your mind, uh, whether it is a vision that is suddenly comes up or a memory, let that be something that leads you to Dhammadhatu by remembering some of the verses, okay, and connect that to Dhammadhatu. Say, tell yourself, this is Dhammadhatu. And the, uh, I'm calling it sound. Okay? But it is Dhammadhatu. And ra rather be stuck at the level of sound, rather, rather try to uh, let it guide you to Dhammadhatu. Okay? So, when a sound comes up, when a vision comes up, try to almost associate that perception with the feeling of Dhammadhatu. Okay, keep going back to that feeling. Whatever happens, keep going back to it. Okay. All right, any... And as this is happening, as you're doing this, that is, uh, things will start to happen. And these will be simply signs. Don't stay there staring at them. Don't do window shopping. Okay. Keep walking. <laughs> All right? Uh, if all of a sudden, uh, while you are experiencing the tranquility and you're feeling the, the motivation of, of compassion pushing you towards Dhammadhatu, and then, you, and then you, and you're feeling like almost, almost touching Dhammadhatu because of the, the, the words that sort of evoke something, and you, and you feel like almost touching something but not quite touching it yet, and you keep going back to that, going back to that, and as you're going back to that, the sense of tranquility becomes uh, more uh, enhanced. And as the tranquility becomes more enhanced, things will start to happen within the, you will start to perceive things within the body. To the point where there's no more perception of body. Then start, thing will start, you will start to perceive things happening in reference to the breath. Even the, there, will, there will even be the concept of not wanting to breathe anymore. Not because you want to die or anything. <laughs> I've reached heaven, I'm going to go now. It's not that. It's more like, just like the body, as far as the consciousness is concerned, was a gross something to put attention on, and it let go of it, and then you were no longer aware of the body. So the breath became something gross and you want to let go of the a perception of the breath. And you experience this at one, as wanting to not breathe anymore. Or every once in a while you might ask yourself, am I breathing? And you may find yourself not breathing, and as soon as you put yourself, your awareness to the, oh, I am not breathing, there's a sense of wanting to breathe. If you want to breathe, breathe. <laughs> okay? Don't try to stop yourself from, not, from wanting to breathe. But if breathing doesn't want to take place, don't get scared, don't think, oh my God, meditation is killing me. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Just whatever is happening naturally, let it happen. Okay? Don't try to force anything. Don't let the doer make you breathe when breath doesn't want to take place. And don't make the, let the doer make you not breathe when, you want to, when naturally you want to breathe. Okay? Keep, let, go back to the doer and let the doer rest. Okay? Tell the doer, you don't have to pay attention anymore, you don't have to breathe anymore, you don't have to do anything. Just take a vacation. Okay? And then these things will subside 
as far as the gross physical elements is con concerned, then weird things that will start to happen with the mind. Such as, for example, you may no longer remember your name because your name is a gross thing. Now your mind is getting more and more subtle and it doesn't want to hold on to that gross thing anymore. And when your mind is no longer wanting to hold, hold on to that gross thing called your name, you might, get, you might freak out thinking that you're dying because you're losing your identity. That's not what's happening. It's just that your name is a gross mental thing and for you to experience the more subtle levels of, of consciousness, you need to let go of that gross thing. So it's just some experiences, and other experiences will also happen. You might even experience extreme sensitivity as far as your sense of touch is concerned, or your sense of hearing is concerned. Okay. So all that is just signs. Okay. If you experience any of them, you might even start seeing, experience yourself floating in a ceiling. Don't think that you've died and you're floating in the ceiling and then you're watching your body. Okay. It's not a necessarily a near-death experience. Okay? It's very similar. <laughs> Don't freak out. Freaking out will, it, it will create a barrier to that experience. It will become difficult to go beyond it next time. Because you told yourself this is something to be afraid of and your mind will create a defense mechanism so that you do not experience anything further than that anymore. Okay? So whatever is happening, keep your cool. It's just a down to having fun. <laughs> okay? And keep your joy. Right? Keep your joy. Even if very sad memory starts to come up. Even if you're crying, keep your joy. <laughs> when you experience that, you will understand. All right, so you have uh, minus 12 minutes to meditate. So meditate backwards in time. Okay. <laughs> As you continue, as you add what was there before should be experienced in an enhanced way. If you're becoming physically uncomfortable, then something is wrong. You have to stop the meditation. It's because what the start no get into your start getting into your posture for meditation while I'm still talking. What the Tibetans call the winds or the airs, what the, in in the, in the yoga world is called the pranas, and maybe it's what the scientists are referring to as the humors. I'm not quite sure, but as you're meditating, when these uh, these things start to sort of align themselves, and as they are aligning, that's what you experience as physical uh, pleasant physical experience, and the more they are properly aligned, the more pleasant this experience should be. So if you're feeling un physically uncomfortable, that means the, the alignment is no longer taking place. Okay? And either something has grabbed your mind, is referring, ref refusing to let your mind go, and your mind is, uh, the subtle gross aspect is referring to, refusing to go to sleep. Okay? Then you have to make the baby, I don't know, let the baby play. <laughs> okay? So find this, the tranquility in the body. Find the tranquility in the breath. 
find the tranquility in the mind. Recall when the luminous, infallible presence became one with your mind in your heart center. Try to recall the experience, however subtle it may have been. Fill the space of the tranquility with a palpable, some measure of boundless love, boundless compassion. Within the tranquility, within the sense of joy, within the experience of compassion, recall the words and try to reconnect to that taste of Dhammadhatu. So for now, what if you're not experiencing some incredible, wonderful thing that can be called the Dhammadhatu, is because the gross elements that obst- obscures the Dhammadhatu are active, and you need to make them go to rest. Whatever you are aware of at the gross level, that's what you need to make could go to rest. Let everything lead you to Dhammadhatu.
So you just look at the state that you're in and know that even entertaining curiosity about the true nature of reality, about Dharma Tattu, that itself is what is referred to as coursing in wisdom. And the merit of such activity cannot be measured. So take your immeasurable amount of merit and dedicate it. Let your compassion be what guides your dedication. Slowly direct your attention to the physical properties of the breath. Become aware of the weight of the breath, the temperature of the breath. And allow that very consciousness that is aware of those qualities of the breath also take in the physical properties of the body from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. thing before I let you go about my seeming, was I seeming to make fun of the article on Bloomberg? I wasn't seeming, I guess I was making fun. <laughs> <laughs> but just to make light of it, not that uh, it was, uh, uh, I mean, I'm very happy that in a, article, uh, in a publication as Bloomberg, they're talking about meditation. I'm very happy that, and it's something that I've always mentioned that from the very beginning, that uh, whatever your true motivation may have been, use it. Let it actually get you in contact with meditation. And later on, when you continue with your exp uh, experience with your uh, experience with meditation, then you may change your motivation later, you will naturally change your motivation to something else, okay? 
And if meditation makes you very prosperous in whatever you, way you want to be prosperous, that's wonderful. It's giving you palpable proof. And some parts of us need those palpable proofs before we go to more subtle things that we're not, uh, we can't quite touch yet. Okay. So I, I am very happy that those people are having those kinds of experiences and they're doing it through meditation. Right. And yeah, uh, I, even though I seem to be making fun of the guy who was somewhat sensitive to when the Tao or whatever was up and down, <laughs> that is true. It can happen. You can become that sensitive. Okay. Because that's something that's happening that has changes. In the same way, some people can be aware of the weather, it's going to rain. Why not be aware of when the Tao is going to go down? <laughs> and our highest goal is also making a killing. Who? Make, we're all trying to make a killing, in a sense. Right? Yes. <laughs> killing something else. But <laughs> Different kind of killing. <laughs> okay. So thank you very much. Yeah.